Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, how's it going? It's going fantastic. And, you know, today we get to talk about Jim Weber and Jim runs Brooks Running. And the thing that impresses me most about Jim is he really knows his consumers. This guy came up in the package good world, and he really understands how to dive deep into consumers and understand what they're thinking and figure out how to how to really make them happy. In fact, one of his big theme lines or, or approaches that really helped unlock a lot of growth in the business was run happy. Well, the reason why he could say run happy is he knew how to get his consumers to think about that brand in a way that would put them into that category. Absolutely. This episode is so good. Jim is so smart. And the insights that he shares about just becoming laser focused on his consumer and developing a powerful story around them is something that was really inspiring to me and helped me kind of create a bunch of new ideas for what we can do better at How Leaders Lead. So I think you're going to love the conversation with Jim Weber. And as a runner myself, I was also fascinated with how they take consumer insights and better their products and create a brand that people really love. So I'm excited to dive into our questions today for you, David. Are you ready for it? Let's go. All right, question number one. When you listen to the episode, you'll learn that part of what Jim did to turn Brooks running around was to get out of all the other athletic categories and get laser focused on running. And when he did that, the company actually shrunk at first because they killed all these other lines of business. But He then grew it to over a billion dollars and profits went through the roof. And David, I want to hear your take on what it actually takes for a leader to get that kind of focus, even if their company doesn't grow at first. First of all, it takes a lot of courage. If you have to shrink your business first to grow it, you've got to get everybody on board and say, hey, you know, we're going to be heading in the right direction, but we got to take one step back before we take two steps forward. That takes so much courage to really identify the need to do something like that. And Jim really had it. But where does courage really come from? Well, courage comes from knowing your business cold. Courage comes from really looking at your business, understanding what's driving sales, what's driving profits, and what's taking away your profit opportunity. And clearly in this case, Jim realized that they were in so many different categories. They were just chasing sales dollars without having any chance at all to really get the kind of profits they needed to be a successful company and grow so that their people could grow. and, And this is a guy who understands what business is all about. Yeah, you know, the way that Jim was able to focus on running, make that shift, and then get everybody on his team to make it with him is really, really impressive. Clearly, Jim knows you can't operate in the vacuum. You can't really tell people from on high, this is what you need to do. But he really laid out the facts for his people and his board and got everybody on board. And they went on a journey that ultimately proved to be very, very successful and lucrative. All right, question number two. Jim is a product lover, and he knows that creating great products and developing strong stories around those products is really key to the success of a consumer product business. And one thing that his team doubled down on was this big idea of run happy, which you mentioned in our intro. He said that he knew this run happy idea was a billion dollar idea. And my question to you is this, how do you know that a big idea is going to work? 
<laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you ever know if a big idea is going to work until you see that it becomes a big idea. But you, <laughs> you do have some instincts that begin to take over. You know, one of the phrases I always used is that when you got a really big idea, you know, it's usually it's great. There's no debate. You know, people can say it. I remember once a guy told me, he says, once you have a really big idea, everybody can see how it can become a big idea. And that's when you start coming up with all different kinds of ideas to make that idea come to life. You know, I remember when I went to run marketing at Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut was very unfocused. Uh, they were trying to be everything to everybody. And, and I said, look, you know, we've got to really get something that will give us sort of a rallying cry that we can all focus on to make the company be successful, make the brand be a part of what America is all about. And uh, the advertising agency came up with this uh, advertising theme line, which was called Making It Great. And I love that because you make pizzas, you want to make those pizzas great. And then what we wanted to do, we saw a billion dollars plus idea in this because we knew we could keep coming up with new and different ways to make it great. New products, new promotions, new service systems, always making it great for our customers. And that was very, very powerful. Now, let me tell you about a big idea that we had at Taco Bell that not everybody thought was great. And I remember being at an advertising agency meeting and the agencies presented all these campaigns. And I have to tell you, they stunk up the joint. They just were not <laughs> good ideas. But I saw over in the corner, this one theme line and it was think outside the bun. And I looked over and I said, why didn't you present this? Well, as it turned out, a few people at Taco Bell didn't like the idea. And one of the advertising guys was hoping that I would. So they had that theme line over there so I could see it. And I saw it and I said, that is exactly what we need. That is a huge idea because I saw all kinds of opportunities. Number one, we are trying to break the hamburger habit at Taco Bell. We wanted to be the number one alternative to burgers. Number two, we could come up with all kinds of new products that could make the brand more portable, that could get you to think outside the bun. Anything that we could do that could be positive could be put in that context of thinking outside the bun. And we launched that campaign. And let me tell you something, Taco Bell has been on a run ever since. It has a new campaign now, but Think Outside the Bun got it all started. Then we moved to Live Moss and, and the Taco Bell team now, I think is along with Chick-fil-A, you know, probably the most successful brand in the food service industry. But it all started, that turnaround started when we went to Think Outside the Bun. Gosh, I love that so much. I remember, I think I was in college when Think Outside the Bun happened. And I probably helped in the success of that campaign because I ate a lot of Taco Bell in college. I still do. Well, you were really who we were targeting. We were targeting people that age. And the good news is that uh, we were successful getting you and millions of others to run to Taco Bell. All right. Question number three. Jim says that the biggest choice a brand can make is the customer they choose to focus on. David, do you agree with that? I mean, what's your take on the most important choice a brand can make? I think that it's critical to know who you're really trying to attract, to really know your customers. And one of the things that I've found over time is that the most important customer you must own and grow is your heavy user. 
they usually account for about 10% of your customer base and 70% of your overall usage. And it's a lot easier to add additional revenue to your brand through their purchases than it is to try to attract a light user and convince a light user or a non-user to use your brand more or for the first time. That's tough sledding. Most of the times I see brands really grow when they really understand how to hone in on their heavy user and give them more and more reasons to use a brand that they already love. Jim dives so deep into kind of how they identified their customer. And I was going through the Brooks Running Instagram feed earlier, and they do such a good job of reflecting that in their marketing and communication as a company. I mean, I remember him saying, you know, we want to attract the runner who does it for fun, you know, who's running their first 5K all the way to someone who runs 10 marathons a year. And I think they do that so well. They also are great storytellers too. And we all know the power of story and marketing and making that big idea of run happy come to life. So I think in my humble opinion, (laughs) Brooks Running is doing an excellent job of not only identifying their target customer, but also inviting them into a deeper story with their brand. And they are being rewarded for it. Absolutely. And, you know, there's different ways to define your customer base. You know, they they went after the passionate runner. You know, one of my favorites is Volvo. You know, Volvo is this car that's known for safety. That's the functional benefit. But they really went after a psychographic positioning for their brand. And they used to have this, and I think they still use it, much of their advertising is Volvo for people who think. And I remember reading a print ad some years back where it says 95% of the people who drive Volvos have at least a college education. The other 5% are plain smart. <laughs> and, I, and I just love that because that really positioned Volvo and their customer is really intelligent. So every time you're seen driving in a Volvo, you know, you obviously have a good IQ. You pay that compliment to your user. And I think the best marketers do that. When you wear their brand, when you use their brand, they're saying something about themselves that's very positive to other people because of how that brand is being positioned. And obviously, Jim, with Run Happy and focusing on the passionate runner, he's saying, you're one of us. Absolutely. I love that concept. You know, at StoryBrand, we called it casting an aspirational identity for our customers. And when you do that, it really does serve as an invitation to the customer to become that type of person. Maybe, you know, someone didn't think they were really smart and then they bought a Volvo and now all of a sudden they're smarter than everybody else on the road. You want to pay your customers a compliment in the way how you market yourself. Absolutely. And as a marketer, David, I know that you love this interview with Jim Weber. He's just so good at casting that aspirational identity and inviting customers into a story that they really want to be a part of. Yeah, I think once you're a marketer or once you're a finance person or whatever your functional expertise is, it never gets out of your bones. And, you know, you evolve from being marketer to leader and CEO. But marketing, I'll tell you what, is something that I still love to this day. I do too. Well, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And speaking of leading well, 
Tune in Thursday for my conversation with Oz Perlman. He's a professional mentalist who's basically had to build his own business. And that means he's had to lead himself. He's had to make himself a product. He's had to promote himself. This guy has learned how to lead himself and you're gonna learn so much from him. 